0: Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Sew What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire and I'm so excited to be having a conversation today with you about sowing intentionally into our lives so that we can reap abundantly in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you had an idea and then you just decided to run with it? Maybe it was that you decided you wanted to paint your room a certain color, and so instead of really taking the time to think, hmm, will this work, you run out to Lowe's immediately and you buy that paint color. Or you decide you're going to start a hobby, so you go on Amazon and you buy everything that this hobby entails and requires, or you go out to Hobby Lobby and you find everything you need in order to, to be successful at this hobby, Well, I had one of these moments where I had this idea and I ran with it. It was a few years back and I began to look at my life and I thought, I need some kind of outlet. Here I am in full-time ministry. I'm in grad school studying to be a counselor. I need some space to process what all I'm learning and experiencing on a day-to-day basis. So I decided I was going to become a runner. Now, did I have any real Previous running experience? No, I did not. I had once ran a 5k in college and I got fourth from last. And I actually should have gotten third from last, but my precious husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, ran the 5k with me and he let me finish ahead of him. And he could have really done well in the race, but he decided that he would stay by my side because he is that sweet. Anyways, So, I had no real running experience and I decided I want an outlet. I also want to work out. So, I'm going to be a runner. And in order to create some kind of accountability for this running, I I knew I needed to sign up for a race. And I didn't want to do a 5K. So, I thought, all right, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. Now, after training for this half marathon for several months, I finished that first half marathon and I was completely hooked. I knew that running was something I wanted to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. So a few weeks later, I ran another half marathon. And then a few weeks after that, I ran another half marathon. And then a few weeks after that, I ran a 15K. I was hooked and I wanted a greater challenge. So I thought now is the time to run a marathon. And I began to think I didn't want to just run any marathon. I wanted to run the Chicago Marathon. Now you might be saying, why do you say the Chicago Marathon? Well, if you are a runner or if you're part of the running community in some kind of way, you may have heard of the world major marathons and Chicago is one of those six marathons. So the other ones are Boston, New York, Berlin, Tokyo, and London. So those are the world major marathons and Chicago being one of those, it's really difficult to get into a couple hundred thousand people from all over the world apply for this marathon every year, and they accept around 50,000 people to run. So for some crazy reason, I decided I was going to apply and enter this lottery and hope and pray that they would draw my name for the race. Again, it still kind of blows my mind that I was that hopeful, like, please pick me to run 26.2 miles, which, P.S., that's how many miles are in A marathon is 26, but you can't forget the 0.2 because those 0.2, you feel it at the end. So 26.2 miles, I'm praying and hoping that Chicago Marathon picks me. So I applied. They send out an email saying, this next week, the emails are going to be sent out as to whether or not you were selected. So I'm waiting and waiting. And finally, the day came where I got the email. And the email stated, Anna McGuire, congratulations. You've been chosen to run the 40th annual Chicago Marathon. So I was so excited. I was freaking out and that excitement quickly turned into, oh no, what have I done? I'm going to actually have to train for and run 26.2 miles at one time. And here's the deal. Because I was so excited, I had told my family and my friends immediately that I had been selected. So in my mind, After the oh no sunk in, there was no going back. I was going to have to run this race. So I began to train really hard. Four to five runs a week, cross training two to three times a week, drinking a ton of water. You should have seen it. If any of my coworkers from that previous um, work that I worked at, I had this like Gatorade gallon jug that I drank all throughout the day. They would crack up at me. Particularly my one coworker, Ashley, she would just laugh. She's like, I can't take you seriously when you're drinking that. So here I am training four to five runs a week, two to three times cross training, drinking a gallon or more of water today, getting more sleep, and even changing the way I ate. Five months of sheer dedication. And those five months of training eventually led to race day. And honestly, if I look back at those five months, those five months, it was like, running was my part-time job. It was insane how much I had to dedicate to preparing for this marathon. So after hundreds of training miles, dozens of goo packets, and a couple of shin splints later, race day arrived. I was ready. As I got into my wave of people, Because they can't let, you know, 50,000 people go all at the same time. They break you down into smaller groups. So as I got into my smaller group, my wave of people, I looked around and saw everyone else's face beaming, just like mine. We were about to run the Chicago Marathon. It was like the thousands of people around me that our heartbeats went in sync. You could like feel this like intensity in this thumping around you. Like, oh my goodness, we're about to do this. We're about to do this. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Yet stay relaxed. Stay relaxed. Don't tense up your muscles, but be ready to run hard. We toe the starting line. Remember saying a quick prayer, Jesus, go before me. Not by my might, not by my power, but by you, Jesus, by your spirit. Let's do this. So the flag drops, we get to go, and I'm telling you what, those first few miles, particularly those first five miles, were a total breeze. Total breeze. I felt as if I could run for days on end. Like my body was in sync, my mind was in sync, everything felt great. Between the cheers of a million plus spectators and getting to see my family on the sidelines several times in those first five miles, I knew, hey, I'm going to finish this race with ease. I'm going to be a marathoner by the end of today. And you know what? Just like those first five miles, the next nine miles were just as easy. In stride, enjoying my surroundings, and then it hit me. The proverbial wall. Now, maybe you're a runner and you shriek when you hear that word, the wall. Mile 16, it hit me. What in the world did I get myself into? You know, I'm looking around thinking, I have 10 more miles to run. I just ran 16 miles. I have 10 more miles to run. And I wasn't alone in this crisis moment. I could sense the runners around me thinking the same thing. Then the talk in the midst of the race began to switch from, hey, we're running this marathon to, oh my gosh, it is getting so hot. Now, if you could like think about how hot it was, like it was hot, 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 hot. They had originally forecasted, so this is October in the midwest. They had originally forecasted that the weather for that day would be around 70 degrees max. Like I'd been following the weather for several weeks. I thought it was going to be like 64, 68 degrees. Well, by noon, it was already 85 degrees in October. So here we are sweating hitting this wall, and between that unexpected heat index and the cramp in my right hip, the once doable course became a snare to me. Pain. I was in pain. Not just physical pain, but emotional pain in this moment. That once captivating and motivating finisher medal didn't even compare to the exhaustion and pain I was feeling in this moment. At mile 19, I saw my beloved husband, Andrew, and there was a break in the race where he could actually kind of run beside me for a moment. So as he's running beside me, he could tell I was in pain and he was cheering me on. He's saying, you can do this, Anna. You can do this. You can do this. And I began to cry. My hip, the heat, I'm so hot. I'm sweating salt. I can't even see straight because my sweat is getting in my eyes. So I began to slow down my pace as I was crying, thinking Andrew would let me have a moment's break, saying, oh, come on, girl. Like, we can walk this out. Let's talk it out. But instead of letting me slow down, he put his arm around my shoulder and said very clearly to me, don't stop. You are so close. Keep going. One foot in front of the other. We came to a point where he could no longer run beside me. And he slowly took his hand off my shoulder and said once more, Anna, keep going. You've trained for this. Those words were the ammunition I needed to carry me through the next seven miles. Seven very hot and painful miles. As you listen today, you might be at your mile 19 moment. Maybe you're looking to people around you, just like I was looking at Andrew in that moment, for permission or an excuse to take you out of your race. You're hurting, you're feeling alone, and simply exhausted. This is would be a moment where you would expect someone to say, hey, take a break from the race. Slow down. You've earned it. And as true as that may be, that you have earned a break from your race My challenge for you today is keep going. Keep going. If there's one thing that the Chicago Marathon taught me, it's the principle of productive pain. Productive pain. As a society and even as Christians, we have defaulted our hearts and minds to avoid pain. And if we were to ever come close to pain or confront pain in any kind of way, we are to run from it. With this kind of default, we can too quickly forget that pain can be good. Pain can be what conditions and strengthens us to take on more challenging situations, as well as take on other challenging situations with an ease and confidence. Productive pain. If you've ever wondered how people like Martin Luther King Jr., the Apostle Paul, Mother Teresa, Joan of Arc, Sojourner, Truth, how they were able to make history and how they were able to hold the line in the midst of insane persecution, it's because they experienced productive pain. If you look at those individual stories leading up to them making history, there are many stories, before the big history-making moments, there are many stories, big and small, of them embracing and walking through pain. Pain that could have easily taken them out of the race. The pain prior to them making history, I truly believe, is what catapulted them to making history. Productive pain. Can I tell you the sweetest moment of my Chicago Marathon experience? Miraculously, my family was able to post up at the 26-mile mark. How they got there, I still don't fully understand, but it was a miracle. And that, paired with seeing the finish line, propelled me to the end of the race. I did it. After almost five hours of running, I crossed the finish line where a medal was placed around my neck and a bottle of Gatorade was quickly placed in my hand. Thank you, Jesus. Honestly, I didn't know what I was more excited about, the Gatorade or finishing the race. I was in pain. Now, being on the other side of the marathon here in this moment, do I ever want to run another marathon? If I'm being totally honest with you, I am not entirely sure. But I will tell you this that that experience created both a physical and mental resilience in me that I wouldn't have otherwise. That race provided an opportunity to develop a strength in me that I wouldn't have otherwise. Since running a marathon, all other running races feel and seem so much easier to me. It's really interesting, and I really mean this in a non-cocky way. Please hear my heart. When I think about running a half marathon, I'm like, oh, that's cake. I can do that. I don't even have to train for it, if I'm being totally honest. And it's because my body has been conditioned in such a way that it seems much simpler because I did the extreme version of it and it was painful. So now the shorter races seem so easy, honestly, kind of like a cakewalk. The pain of the marathon, though great, it was good for me. It produced good in my life. You may be in a season where it feels as though quitting is the best option for basic survival. My friend, can I challenge you? You may be in a spot where the pain you're experiencing is actually growing spiritual and emotional muscles in you that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So keep going. A moment in a day is coming where you will be thankful that you continued the pursuit of running your race. Where you will see how the pain was productive in your life. And just like me with the now half marathons thinking, oh, that's simple. When, when you walk through pain and now you develop different muscles and different strengths, you can walk through future pain with a greater ease. Because you know, I can get through this. I can walk through this and good can come from it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep running your race. James 1-2 is a verse that I circle back to a lot in my life. And it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres. And I'm going to say it this way. Blessed is the one who keeps running their race under trial. Because having stood that test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the one who perseveres, perseveres, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love them. Now is not the time to step down or step back. Instead, it's time to press in to the race. Press into what may be uncomfortable, knowing that on the other side of pain, the crown of life awaits us. If there's one thing that I have learned in my relationship with Jesus, especially over the last year and a half, is that Jesus never wastes pain that I have not experienced, I have, and I'm going to be real with you, there has been some really difficult challenges that I have faced over the last couple years. Real things, difficult things, where I felt like I was crushed and hurt and I didn't know how I could keep moving forward. But some way, somehow, depending and leaning on Jesus, I kept pressing into my race and now I can see how that pain was productive in my life. And the good that has come from it. And Jesus never wastes pain in your life either. He has good for you. He has a plan for you. So if you're in a spot right now where you feel like you're hitting your wall. And you're like, I don't know how I can go forward. I don't know what the purpose of all this is. Can I encourage you with the words Andrew said to me? One foot in front of the other. You don't have to figure out tomorrow or even next week or next year. Be faithful today. Put one foot in front of the other right now. Today. Don't quit your race. Keep pressing in. With that being said, the major key to success for finishing a marathon is making sure you're fueling up properly and often. Could you imagine any organized race without pit stops? absolutely not. That would literally be deadly. Had I ran a marathon in 85 degree weather and not stopped to drink something along the way, I would have died. And I'm not meaning that in a melodramatic way. Literally, I would have died. And it's the same thing with you and I. We have got to take pit stops along the way. We've got to cultivate true rest We got to rest in the midst of the race. We got to take moments to fuel up well. So I have created two resources for you that can help cultivate the proper fuel stops for you along the way. You've maybe received them in the past, but I want to encourage you, if you've received them in the past, check back in with them. Use them. And if you haven't, this is the the two fuel stops that I'm encouraging you to use. Number one is a weekly self-check-in. These are a couple questions that I ask myself on Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings where I see, where am I at? What emotions am I feeling? What are some goals or some hopes that I have for this next week? It's important to check in with yourself to know what it is you need in the midst of your race. The second thing is having a quiet time in a not so quiet world. And this is to create space for quality daily time with Jesus. In my personal experience, when things are tough, when I'm at that mile 19 moment, and if I don't have daily quality time with Jesus, I can guarantee that I will be more anxious, I will be more tired, I will be more angry had I not just spent time with Jesus earlier that day. Spending time with Jesus, having a quiet time is a game changer. It is fuel for your soul. It is fuel for your mind. It is fuel for healthy emotions. So, the two resources is a weekly self check in and then another resource that helps you create space for quality daily time with Jesus. You can find the links for those fuelings in the show notes, or you can just put in your email address and it'll be emailed right to you. Friend, when I say I'm cheering you on, I mean it. That's not a catchphrase that I use just because, it's because that is really the heart of this show is that I am cheering you on. I hope you see that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are created for a purpose, and that God values you, and that he wants to use you, and he wants you to be healthy and whole, and he wants you to be a leader for your generation. He wants you to be a leader for your family, for your friends in whatever community you find yourself in. So when I say I'm cheering you on, it's saying, I believe in who it is God's created you to be, and I believe that you can do what God has designed you to do. And if you are at this moment, this mile 19 moment, where you're like, how am I going to finish this race? I want you to imagine me and Jesus standing on the sideline, holding up posters saying, keep going. You've got this. You've got this. I believe in you. Friend, I am cheering you on. And I believe in the days, weeks, and months to come you can continue to be faithful. You can continue to sow intentionally. Even in the midst of pain because you can know that pain, though it can be great, though it can be difficult, it can be productive in your life. It can bring about a good, a strength that you wouldn't else, you wouldn't have otherwise. So embrace the pain. Embrace what may be difficult for you in this season because the crown of life awaits you. Good awaits you. Productive pain. Productive pain. I love you, friend. Can't wait to talk to you next week.